Welcome to B2B Craftworks, a podcast about business writing. Today, we are running a little behind schedule with our next interview, so we're going to check in for a quick talk about two ideas that have been circling around the B2B Writing Institute lately. The first is this idea that your work is not delicate. This is particularly interesting for me because uh, hopefully I'm not alone in this, but recently when I sit down to write pieces for big brands, little brands, whatever I'm working on, there's just something in me that is whispering, don't touch it, you're going to break this. Like the idea isn't strong enough for me to write about or investigate more, like I won't find the research or I don't know where this direction is going. And it occurred to me, that's just not true. I think there's something in writer DNA that puts, um, you know, call it imposter syndrome, call it insecurity or lack of confidence, but you can work on writing really hard and still not break it. You can work on a piece for weeks or months and still not break it because what you're doing, um, it's almost like that Michelangelo sculpting idea where you, you take a block of marble and you take away whatever isn't the statue to reveal what that statue is. And when you're writing, that's exactly what you're doing, where the idea is there and you need to have confidence in that and just hack away at it and dig in. And this brought me to my writer confidence triangle that really helped me work through some imposter syndrome earlier this week, which is that there are three things, facts, that I can always rely on to get me through a writing project, which is that I love to do this and I often find flow. When I really get into a project, I can look up and two hours have passed and this enormous work is in front of me and I'm really proud of it. I've done this before countless times. <laughs> so working as an agency writer, as a ghostwriter, literally thousands of articles, hundreds of white papers have passed through my fingertips in the past seven years, and it always works out. And then the third one that, not in an egotistical way, but I work with people who enjoy working with me and enjoy my work. and that's not something that's gone away either in the past seven years. So when I'm feeling like I don't know where I'm gonna go with a piece or, oh, this is it, this is the last time I can't write anything anymore, um, I can turn to these three facts and just reassure myself that if you can get through this stressful point, it's gonna work out. I think confidence also comes from process. So I'm really excited that this week we dropped the basic project process in the B2B Writing Foundations course, um, which is free all the time. So outlining just how many different writers approach B2B writing projects, because I don't think it's like fiction, where of course fiction has a process and standards and can have challenging moments, but with fiction, you're trying to get to the most creative point. You're following your roadmap, but you're trying to approach it very creatively. Um, with B2B writing, you need to build on a very clear footprint or blueprint for what you're making to make sure it's heading in the right direction. So it's not just your direction, like maybe with a fiction piece, 
but a direction approved by a brand, sometimes by an agency with a specific audience, with a specific goal. There's just all these parameters that a project process helps you make sure you are hitting those milestones, for lack of a better word, and heading in the right direction with a group of people as the writer. But I think when the topic of stress comes up, that, can, that brings me into the second idea that's been percolating that'll go out on the, the Friday update today at the B2B Writing Institute, which is that your paycheck is going to match your capacity for stress. Uh, I think Joel Kletke recently has been talking about how the only people who think writing is easy are the ones who don't take it seriously. <laughs> that's very true. But when you first start writing in the business world, you have this sense that when you first start writing in the business world, you have this sense that you sit down, you write, it's over, somebody gives you tons of money. And of course, that's a mysterious process because that's not how it works for anyone. <laughs> so whether you run your own business or you're working in an agency or with a brand, it doesn't work that way because that's not how the writing process works. Um, writing gets really stressful when people make demands on your time for subject matter interviews or onboarding and kickoff calls. It gets stressful when you have to deliver on a deadline and you might not have all of the information or all ideal amounts of information to, to finish what you're working on. And it, it also gets stressful when you aren't sure where the idea is going to go um, because a lot of the power of B2B writing or pieces that you end up with is that you're discovering something new and sharing something new. So all of that can be stressful. And you know, along with this confidence problem, I think a lot of writers come into B2B writing with this assumption that you just can't make a lot of money as a writer. And I experienced this myself in the corporate world where no matter what field I've thought about taking, it felt like there was this $50,000 ceiling that was just impossible to get past. And I know that number is gonna be relative to your area and your niche, but maybe yours is 75,000 or 100,000, uh, but nobody wants to feel like their value has limits. And I think what's increasingly obvious about B2B writing is that your paycheck is gonna match your capacity for stress. And the reason writing jobs aren't often well compensated seems to be because there's often not a lot of stress associated with it because so much of the time you end up playing the role of the writer monkey who gets an assignment, crank it out, and it's done. Um, and because that's not stressful for you, it's not stressful for the marketing person or your client or your, your employer, um, there's just that correlation there with not making a lot of money. Whereas when you take on that planning and strategy and um, you know a very nuanced topic with complicated details with executive interviews, the more stress you're piling onto that, also the more value is coming with that. So I think if you look at examples like an entry role, entry level role with a really established business, um, you're going to have those benefits, but that paycheck is probably going to be on the smaller side. Whereas you get to the other side, uh, the other part of the, another rainbow, if you <laughs> listen to the other interviews, but another writer rainbow, where on the other side of that, if you're running your own business with value-based pricing, if you can pull that off and work that way, that's going to be one of the most lucrative ways to go. Um, and I, I think of Jeff Burnoff on Twitter talking about how 
you know, a high paid writer is just an analyst <laughs> because at a certain point you're getting so much complicated, stressful expertise in a different subject that you really take on the role of an analyst who's very well spoken and very informed about a topic. And that's just so interesting that again, the more stress you're putting on you as an individual and as the body of information that you have instead of just writing skills, uh, the higher up you're going to be able to charge, both in terms of salary as an employee or as a freelancer. So when it comes to growing your capacity for stress, this has been something I, I couldn't figure out how to learn it except by going through it. So if anybody has any resources on you know, becoming a high capacity stress person, please share that so we can share it. But um, you know, just going through very stressful times seems to have helped me um, increase my capacity for stress. And what handling stress well looks like as a writer is responding positively and productively to urgent or even negative emails. Um, I can't tell you how many times my first reaction to an email is a hard eye roll and a sigh and all the different things that you can imagine um, that comes with getting bad news. But in the past few years, uh, developing that ability to step back, think of the other person on the, the other end of the email, what they're experiencing and how it's not about you and how as a well-paid writer, my role is really to make their lives easier. So at the end of the day, when I want to say no, when I want to say, good gosh, this is a scope expansion, <laughs> I, I'm not going to be able to do that. Um, at the end of the day, I'm going to make it work because my clients are people that I care about and I'm really here to make their lives easier. So if it's at all possible or within the scope, I'm going to try to make that happen within the context of a, a a mutual relationship that works, you know. So uh, having clients or an employer take advantage of you as a writer is a different topic for a different day. I think another way that you cope well under stress as a writer is writing really high quality work under tremendous deadline pressure. Um, because especially, you know, in the agency world, when you're looking for quick turnarounds on things to keep clients happy, um, coming back to that writer confidence triangle is very important to relieve that pressure so that you can be free to write. There is nothing that's going to slow down your writing like sitting there thinking about how you don't have enough time, you're not a good enough writer, they're all gonna be mad. Just that thought spiral, um, you know, it can spiral down and help you lose your confidence or it can spiral up and help you win your confidence. Um, so that's an important way to approach those deadline moments. And I think um, another way that you can grow your capacity for stress is managing the ups and downs of multiple high stakes projects at the same time. Because, um, you know, very rarely are you going to have a situation in B2B writing where you have one article and you're going to work on it for six months and then deliver it, and that will give you the $50,000 you were looking for <laughs> to maintain your six-figure business. Um, you know, you're going to have two or three articles at the same time, two or three white papers at the same time, with different things ending at different times. So let's say the turnaround on an article is two or three weeks, and you're working on three or four of them, and then the turnaround on a white paper is six to eight weeks, or up to 12 weeks, and you're working on two of those. Um, you know, you need to have a system and processes to help you 
stay on top of each of those deadlines, um, not just the writing part, but the outreach part and the subject matter expert part, and making sure that you're staying plugged in to different resources that are coming out. Um, you know, it, it gets complicated, it gets stressful, but that's why B2B writing is able to compensate writers so much better. And I think um, just along with that is keeping those meticulous records of who expects what and when. Because one of the most important things you can do to be successful in B2B writing is be reliable. So many brands, clients, employers are not used to writers who deliver early, communicate on time, are available. Um, you know, unfortunately, that bar is set very low for our industry, which means that it's fortunate for you because when you exceed or go over that bar, you stand out and are just the ultimate professional and it, it feels good. <laughs> it definitely feels good to be reliable and have people um, you know, constantly surprised by what a great job you're doing. Um, and who doesn't want that? So that's all for today. Just wanted a quick update to make sure we're you know, releasing new information every month. We have such an exciting lineup coming up um, for people that we're interviewing on B2B writing topics. First, Hillary Weiss is going to be here from Statement Piece Studio, and we're going to talk about brand voice and this idea of, um, you know, if you took the label off of a piece of content, you should be able to tell what company it came from, um, how to actually do that, how to take a brand that wants to be, um, you know, wistful and make that appear in the copy, um, just that process of doing that, which Hillary is an expert on. We're also going to talk with Lee Price about writing thought leadership. So what is that? What formats does it take? How do you interview a client and get their ideas and really um, you know, present it as if they're the one being able to write that, which is a, a little mix of thought leadership and ghostwriting. We're also going to talk with Melissa Suzuno about writer networking and building that online presence um, to help you either as a full-time writer or as a freelancer, just make sure you feel connected and invested in your community online. And then we also just heard from Iman Zabi, where we're going to learn about writing B2B product email onboarding and launch sequences, which... Hooah, that is a huge opportunity for 2020. I'd say right up there with a branded original research, which is my favorite. So um, this is just going to be a really exciting year as we take off. So until then, um, if you want more information, you can follow us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook. Just get all those updates each week. But the flagship place to get information is the B2B Writing Institute newsletter, the Friday update, where we just summarize everything going out and talk about some interesting ideas. So thanks for tuning in and we'll talk to you next month.